Father, we thank you today, Lord. And Father, we know that we need you. We know how important you are in our lives. I pray, Lord, now that you would uh, focus our thoughts and our hearts on you to receive your word, that you would speak to us, that you would guide us, that you would direct us. With all that's happening in our world, sometimes, Lord, we honestly have to admit that we don't make the time for you that we should. But Lord, this morning we set aside this time. We've come to hear from you. So more than the words that come from my mouth, I pray you would speak to the hearts of your people and that your will would be done in them. We thank you. We lift you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you this morning. If you want to give this sermon a title, it would probably be called God Supplies. God supplies all that we need. And I'm coming to you this morning from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, if you have your Bibles. And I was doing some reading around here and poking around, and there's a, there's a, a series of stories that I want to kind of walk through with us um, that I believe will speak to us in a unique way. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I look around in the situations and the issues of my life, and I recognize that I need some help. I need God to supply what I don't have. And sometimes it's not just the little simple things of life. Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes it's things of a grand nature that I just don't know how this is going to happen. And so I want to look at a series of stories, but I want to start with this one in 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I want to look at a scenario that plays out and talk about that some and how it relates to us and what God may share in terms of his ability to supply. In verse one, it says, now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditors have come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out you and your sons and pour out into the, these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came out and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt. And you and your sons can live on the rest. Amen. I want to look at a couple of things in this story this morning because there are two main characters. Obviously, there's the, women, the woman who's the widow. And then there is Elijah, the prophet. And again, as I talked about, we may never find ourselves in a situation like her in the context of which she lived. In this ancient time, it was normal or regular practice. 
if you had a debt and you couldn't pay it off, that they could take your children or others to work off that debt. Now, obviously a horrifying thought. I mean, I think the correlation for us today would be the repo man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but he's only coming to take some stuff. The thought of losing your children or losing people that are in your family to work off a debt is a horrifying thought. And so here's where she finds herself. And so she comes to Elijah. But I want to talk about Elijah this morning. If you read a few passages ahead of this, Elijah has just recently seen his mentor, Elijah, go taken up to heaven. A man that he has served with years and watched this man do miracles. Watch this man be godly. Watch this man lay a path for him to follow. And even before he left, he asked Elijah, Elijah asked him, what can I do for you before I go? And he asked him what? For a double portion of what God has done for you. I want to walk in your ways and I want to be able to do what God is, what I've seen God do in your life. But here he finds himself the first time in the past, in the scripture. This is the first time he's confronted with a situation that somebody's come to him and says, I'm coming to you, man of God, because I know you followed Elijah. And I know we knew what Elijah did, but now he's gone and you're here. Can you help me? And, you know, it brings up one of the interesting things for us is sometimes we get so captivated by the people that we may follow. And even the people that we seek to emulate, which is okay. But we forget that at some point, you've got to, you've got to do this thing for yourself. At some point, it, it, your faith has to become you, has become your own. You're going to have to stand on the principles and the precepts, and it's got to be your faith that carries it. And so you may have great mentors, and Elijah did. You may have great people who poured into your life. But we cannot live on other people's faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Even though it can, it can be so tempting to do that, you've got to, you've got to know him for yourself. And then ultimately, there's going to be moments that come in your life where you're going to cry out. And it's not going to be anybody's relationship or faith that's going to be able to do what you need God to do. And that's why it's so important that we all be cultivating this relationship with God. Now, what we're going to see is Elijah has been doing that. Even though he's been walking with a godly man that's been mentoring him and bringing him along, he's been walking with God himself. He's been preparing for what God has called him to. So when the moment for him, when his moment comes, he doesn't have to say, man, I sure wish Elijah was here. Now, what, 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 would, my, what would he do? He's ready for the moment. And let's, I want to read in verse 1. It says, Now a certain woman of, wives, of the wives, the son of the prophets, cried out to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditors come to take my children to be his slaves. So her husband was one of the prophets. He was in the family of prophets. And so she's coming to Elijah to say, Listen, you know my husband feared the Lord. You know we're a godly family, but look what is happening to us. Can you help us? We need your help. One of the things I love and I want the point I want to make this morning is when disaster comes your way, when trouble comes your way, when trial comes your way, where do you go first for the solution? Where do you go first for the solution? 
Where do we, where do I go first for the solution? Do I call up my friends first right away? Do I start flipping through the horoscope and see what my sign says? Come on now. Am I calling the hotline? Am I listening? Or am I going to the Lord? But one thing I love about this widow is her first inclination is to go to the man of God. In essence, I need to involve God in this. I want to get a spiritual answer to this. I'm asking God, there's trouble here, and I know, Lord, you are the God of gods, and I need to hear from you on this. The point I want to make this morning, when we find ourselves in difficulty, in circumstances that are hard, we've got we to involve God from the jump. The first place we need to go is to him. Lord, I don't know how this is going to be rectified. I don't know about you. But I've had some situations in my life. I couldn't call mom and dad. I know they don't, there's nothing they can do. There's nothing anybody else that I can call. God, I need you to speak to me on this. I need you to create a path through this. But the temptation sometimes is us forced to run to everything else. To run to everything else. And then we might see what God has to say about it at some point in time. The widow doesn't do that. Right away, she goes to Elijah, the man of God, and says, hey, we got a serious problem, and my, I'm about to lose my kids, and I need God to speak to her. Elijah in verse 2 says to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing except a jar of what? Oil. Now, in this day and time, I didn't recognize it until I had the opportunity to go to Jerusalem. Like, oil was everything. Like, I mean, they, you, you pressed it, you, and they made multiple uses out of it. The first pressing was used for one thing, a second pressing for another, and the last pressing was used for more utility things. But oil was key and paramount to the lives of people in that day and time. And Elijah, and here's the one thing I love about when you go to God sometimes, as this woman does. Sometimes the answer to your problems is already around you. Sometimes it's plain and right in your face. But in our in our chaos, in our in our frenetic, in our in our anxiety, we don't always see it. And sometimes God can speak to us with clarity that says, listen, here's what you need to do. There's wisdom that comes from the council of elders and the people that God has put in your life and from your own relationship with God. Right away she comes to the man of God and he says, what do you have in your house? What do you have? She says, we got nothing but a little bitty old jar of oil. And what, and what does he tell her? In verse 3, I mean in verse 4, you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your, and your sons, pour out all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. Now, he gives her directions. Go, and he also tells her, go and get, go and get, get these vessels, close the door, and you're going to pour out. And, you, and he tells her to go get as many jars as you can. He makes a point of saying, and don't just get a few. So that'd be like saying, like, listen, I'm telling you, 
Don't just go, don't just grab five or six. Get all you can. You go to Keys, you go to uh, Keystone, you call the Craigs. Hey, y'all got some jars? You go down to Perry Street, you ask Joe and Katina them, hey, y'all got some empty jars? You know, don't go to the hills because we broke. We ain't got no jars. <laughs> but you go over to such and such house and say, hey, listen, Mike, in April, hey, y'all got some jars? You go to everybody you can. Now, why would he say that? See, sometimes when we're looking for help, God's going to put it back on you. Because, see, the amount she was blessed with had a lot to do with the faith she was willing to use in terms of what she was willing to go get. So God, he didn't just say, look, God's going to take care of this for you. Don't worry about it. No, he gave her a task and said, here's what you need to go and do. You need to get as many vessels as you can. Now, she could have said, I'm going to get a bunch of vessels, and I got a little two ounce, I got a jar that ain't got but two ounces of oil in it. Why am I going to run around looking like a fool, begging everybody, asking them for jars, when I don't even have that much? She could have took that out. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. I came to you for answers, and that's what you give me? She could have said that. Or she could have said, okay, I'm going to ask, uh, Miss Renee, you got some jars? Miss Joe Patini, you got some jars? I don't feel like I'm not going to ask somebody else for jars, man. That's, I think this is enough. But that's not what she did. Her, her faith was at a place. She took his word and she said, man, I'm hitting up everybody. I'm hitting up everybody. I'm going to get as much as I can. I'm saying that to say that, that sometimes in the midst of what you may be going through, God may speak to you and says, okay, here's what you need to go and do. Now, the question is, will we be obedient? Obedience. See, a lot of times the stuff we're going through, it's not like there's no answer. It's not like God is not speaking to us. It's not like there's not people around us to give us wisdom about how to move through the situation. Really, what, a lot of what it comes down to is we get some information, and then the, that's where the real issue starts. Will you obey what God is saying? Will you obey the wisdom or the instruction you've been given? And a lot of times, the breakdown is in the ability to be obedient to what you know the Lord has said. What you know is wisdom. Or what your faith is leading you to. And then when we don't, we look around and I, I tried, I guess so. But you got to ask yourself, did I, was I obedient? Did I go to God? Did I seek wisdom? And then was I obedient to what God said? As I try to work through this situation. Well, she does that. He tells her to go in and shut the door behind you and your sons. And pour into all these vessels. Now, why would God say shut the doors? If he's about to do a miracle, wouldn't it be good if everybody could see it? But you know, here's the thing. Sometimes what God does, it's meant for you. It's meant for your faith. Trust me, God has no problem promoting his business. You know, he, if he wants to get it out, he'll get it out. And there are times when he may say, man, this is appropriate to share with her. But sometimes, and the day may have come when I'm sure she told people about it. But in that moment in time, God said, I want to do something with you. Because see, this is, again, 
This is about you and him. Because nothing, I'm telling you, nothing builds your faith than to see God do something in your life with you. And I know we live in a society in a world today that says if something happens, hey, hurry up, get it on. Let me put it on Facebook. Let me go live with this. I want everybody to see this, man. Look, 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 look. That's the world we live in today. But see, sometimes what God does, he's like, listen, this is about me and you. I'm trying to grow you, and you're trying to grow closer to me. Let me show you. What do you think was happening when she started pouring that oil, and it just kept coming? You're like, what's... I mean, I'm imagining, I don't know if it was, if it was me, I'd be like, I'd probably be laughing, crying, dancing. Like, hold that jar, keep that jar. Hold on, don't, don't drop that jar, keep it pouring. But can you imagine how she must have felt I was about to lose my kids to slavery. And the God of heaven has come to this house and answered my prayers. You think you can tell that woman that there ain't no God? You think you can tell that woman there is no, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have no faith? God wants us all to have an experience like that. And that's why it's so important when, because when, will trouble come to your life? Will trials come to your life? Will sometimes calamity come to your life? Now, I, I know everybody in here is, a, is, is good Christians and you've been walking with the Lord a long time. But I got some bad news for you. It rains on the just and the Difficult times will come. They're going to come. But they come not to destroy you. They come to see God's hand move in your life. And when we go to him first, and when we hear from him and we obey, man, we have a blessing to see God do something and move in a way that will change us forever. And say, listen, I may not know all the scriptures, and I may not know all theology. I may not know how to do certain things, but there's one thing I do know. I know there's a God in heaven because I've seen him move. When you have that, like they say, nothing will turn you around. And you know what it does? The next time trouble comes, what happens? All I got to do is remember. Oh, yeah. God came through before. He can do it again. So she closes the door and begins to pour the oil. Verse 5. So she went from him. After seeing this thing happen, she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels he, and, to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more, and the oil stopped. God will give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. He may not necessarily give you what you want. But it'll give you what you need. When her need ran out, he said, you're good. We can trust him for that. But here's the part that I like the best. And I want you to hear this as we wrap up. In verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God and said, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt. 
and you and your sons can live off the rest. Why is that so significant? Because here's what happens a lot of times. And we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I come to the Lord. I say, Lord, I need you. You're a provider. Help me. I'm in distress. Provide it directly. Send somebody my way. Give me the word. Give me the, the, the knowledge, what I need to do in this situation. And God does what he does. He comes through. And then he doesn't hear from me again. What I love about this woman is she was given instruction by the man of God. She goes and does that instruction, but then she comes back to say, give me some more wisdom on this. God did what you said he was going to do. What, how should I proceed next? What, 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 what more do you have to give as so that I can do this well, so that I can handle this correctly? How many times has God come through for me and delivered me and done that? But once I got that check, I'm out. Once I got that resource, I'm good. I didn't come back to say, God, you, gave, you came through bigger than I anticipated. How do I handle this? What's, what's a good way to do this? She comes back to the man of God. And he gives her wisdom and instruction so that it may be well with her. All I'm saying is, include God in the beginning, but don't forget about him in the end. Don't forget about him when he delivers. Because he might just give you some insight that you didn't see. He might say, yeah, I gave you all them, I gave you about five extra jars because there's somebody on your block that's going to be in the same situation that you was in. And I want to open up a path to share the gospel with them. Yeah, I made, I know your car to get it fixed was supposed to be this amount, but it got lowered. So you had this amount left over, but I fixed it like that because there's something else I wanted to do with this. Or you may have another need you don't anticipate that I'm preparing you for. I don't know. But I'm saying if we never go back to him, if I never come back around and say, God, you answered the prayers, Lord. Is there anything, is there any other wisdom you have for me? Speak to me. I'm listening, God. Before I go to the Apple store and buy this MacBook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, we all, let's keep it real. We've all been there. We've all been there. But what I'm saying is God wants to be a part of supplying our needs. And listen, not just for the aspect of I'm always in need, so I always got to need your help. No, it's, it's, it's not this welfare mentality that God's trying to foster in us. It's not that. I'm talking about in life, there are situations that come that are bigger than you can handle. Than you anticipate. He said, I want to be the God that supplies you. Big and little. But I want you to come to me. Involve me first. When I speak to you, obey what you hear. And once you've seen it come to fruition, come back. Not just for more wisdom, but also to worship. It should be a natural reaction. Lord, I praise you. Oh, 
Grant ain't gonna be out singing me this Sunday. <laughs> nah, uh I got something to sing about. I got something to shout about. My boy, you gonna hear my voice above everybody, and uh, I might be dancing in the aisles. See, sometimes when God comes through, I, listen, y'all gotta forgive me. I ain't trying to judge nobody, but I know what it's like to be the. I know what it's like to be going down in a hurry. To be circling the drain and like, I don't know how this is going to be fixed. And God come through like, where did this come from? You know, I'll just share with you. We got one we got one child in college, kids doing us all this other stuff. And some of the stuff we stepped out on faith with, like, even when we were like, God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And as we've gone through this, it's been amazing to see God say, I'm going to open up this door so this will be taken care of. I'm going to open up this door so this. And, and, and sometimes it's just enough. Sometimes it matches the very bill that's due. And even when all God is doing, you know what sometimes goes through my head? My fleshly mind. I'm thinking like, man, if I didn't have these bills, I could be coming. God, I could be spending this money on stuff I want to spend it on. I could be doing all this other stuff. But God said, no, my job, I'm going to look out for your needs. Your wants, that may, we can give, that may come and may not come. But you said, this is what you needed. And what I'm learning and what I have learned over the past of my life, and even when I've learned this, it's, I still fail at it sometimes. I still get anxious. I still fret when I shouldn't fret. But God is showing me that, David, bruh, to live by my open hand is better to have all the money in the bank. I'm telling you, I'll put it there when you need it. Trust me. It'll be there. But listen, but you got to obey. When it comes, don't be trying to spend it on other stuff. You ask me for this. I'm going to meet this need. Be obedient. Be wise. Seek counsel. There are men and women who walk the path around you that you've already been or that you're trying to go. Get counsel and wisdom from them. Get accountability. So that you may do it well. So that it may be blessed. God supplies. He doesn't fail. So if there's a breakdown in the system, uh, guess where that might be? He's been doing what he does well for a long time. And this widow woman that we're reading about today, there's no difference in her than there is with you and I. God cares about us all. He desires to show himself to us all so that we may grow in him and we may have a testimony and that will win others and encourage our strength in him. Amen. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, we thank you today, Lord. Father, we talk about the supplying of our needs, God. And we look at what you did in the life of this widow and the oil. And Lord, how you met her need with the things that were already around her. Lord, we all find ourselves at times not trusting you like we should. Running to other resources like we, we shouldn't. Not walking in the full obedience of what you've called us to even when you have brought those things to us. This is not about condemning us, God. 
It's about encouraging us to walk in a way that will increase, increase and strengthen our faith. And Lord, if we're not there, I pray you would strengthen us, Lord, that we would go to you, that we would trust in you, that we would lean on you above everything else, that all our hope is in you, God, from the big things to the little things. Father, strengthen us in these areas, dear Lord, so that we may have a faith that can stand the test of time. And Father, that we may also be able to tell a story and a testimony that will have others come to know you. Lord, do this work in our hearts, in our lives. Lord, we don't want to be the same as we are today. Grow us as we journey with you. Help us in this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So I encourage you this morning.